happy football weekend. All of you out there who pay attention to those of the things that we do in the draft and the craft. It's Dan, it's JP. We've got a couple sleeping huskies, so we're going to try to get this show done before these two wake up and try to harass us too much. But JP, here's what we know about today. We know that we can't golf, and we know that there's some pretty exciting college football and pro on tap for this weekend. Dan, I feel like on at least... A third of our episodes, we've played golf either the day before or the uh-huh. day of, and I think we've already determined that we cannot play golf. We have not had a We just single... haven't accepted that in reality we cannot play because we keep going back and assuming that we can play, and it's going to get better at some point, and it doesn't. It's the blind faith that comes with all golfers, but then you have moments like we had today where you basically sent a drive on a par four and buried it into the fringe of a green. So... For a nice eagle putt. Yeah. Now, you didn't make it, but still. Yeah, but that was just one good shot it out of many. Makes you want to go back again. It does, especially since I was frustrated that it felt like we were playing on a sheet of granite at this course, <laughs> and if you didn't completely hit the ball perfectly and you caught any bit of the ground, it was not good. Well, and before we move on, last note on that, I want to point out that you not only put a hole in the golf course, you also put a hole in the Shh. golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> we won't tell you where, just in case you go there, but you, you may have shanked a tee shot so magnificently that it went nearly 90 degrees off to your right, and because of the force of your shot, punched a hole in a golf cart. If only you could have been sitting in it. Oh, wow. would have been payback for all the times you've done crazy stuff like that. I've never put a hole in a golf cart. No, but you've almost put a hole in me. Wow. It's all relative, eh? Yeah. All right. Well, what isn't relative is this is yet another week of college football. It's yet another week where we have an opportunity to watch teams step up and make their their claim basically for the run at the national championship. And again, the the way the college football set up, you get one, maybe two losses. Really one is where you're at this year until they expand the playoff. And so let's start off in the ACC. What are some notes you want to talk about real quick here before uh, all the games get rolling too far down the track? All right, if ACC, Dan, I would, I'm really looking forward to the obvious game. I mm-hmm. mean, Clemson and North Carolina State. Right. That's going to be a, a bit of a fun one there, um, especially seems how you kind of follow Clemson and I follow North Carolina State. But I will say this, the main reason I want to watch it is just for the quarterbacks, actually, you know, kind of. I, I won't say a whole lot about Clemson. I'll let you make that take. But I, I just want to watch some more uh, uh, Devin Leary. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't really got to see too many games from him that were right. nationally televised in this this matchup here being a 5-10 matchup. Um, I'm going to get to watch this game. So I'll say that. I want I, I just want, want to see what Devin Leary looks like against good competition because right. outside of these top two or three quarterbacks in this year's draft, I, I, I've just been trying to pay attention to some of the mid-tier guys and i mm-hmm. want to see more from them yeah and those are the kind of guys that you're going to look at as a team like uh, you know us being lions fans if detroit can put together something resembling a middling season that might be the sort of guy you're looking at in O'Leary. and of course the flip side of that is uh Uyangalele with uh clemson so uh we are still did you looking- get it Uyangalele? Yeah. Uyangalele. I- i've spent some time pronouncing it this week so i feel a little more confident about it but seeing him sort of start to step up 
as a player that is becoming the guy that they were hoping he would be a Clemson. It just took him a year maybe to get on track with that. But that's a huge game tonight. And that's the thing we talk about. You see some huge numbers the guys put up early in the season for some of these these teams, uh, players at, at bigger schools. And then you don't necessarily have a frame of reference for that. How are they going to play against top flight competition? And that's certainly one of the big games. The other one being Wake Forest, Florida State, seeing how those two teams are going to cope. Which is my hot take for this okay. division here. What do you got? I, my hot take. I got, I got one hot take for all five okay. uh, Power Five conferences here. Do it. I don't know why I call it a division. I, I think Wake Forest is going to beat Florida State. I mean, as much as that's a bit of a hot take, Florida State is one of those teams that they're undefeated, but you're also not sure how good of an undefeated team they are. Kind of like how we joked about the Giants being undefeated in the NFL, but they weren't really undefeated. Well, Hartman's got a beard, so Hartman's we're, we're brothers right. in a way. Yeah. And so if anything for Wake Forest, maybe they're going to be able to hang on because they've got a beard. So we'll definitely be recapping all these games you know, as we do our show later on in the week. But uh, let's jump got, over. They've got a really good uh, wide receiver there in Wake Forest I've been talking about for a little bit here. I think I mentioned him on a few episodes, but the six foot five guy, A.T. Perry, mm-hmm. big body wide receiver with Hartman with a beard. I, I <laughs> just want to see what they have to, uh, have to offer. And yeah, Travis having like a 17 yard average so far for Wake Forest. And so again, we'll see if he can keep that up against top level competition. Jumping over to the Big 12. For me, the big game of the day, there's two, but the big one for me is the ranked one. It's Oklahoma State and Baylor, and wondering whether or not Oklahoma State can continue to, to keep rolling. And again, we talk about those kind of mid-tier quarterbacks, guys that may or may not be able to surprise you and, and do something special in at the next level. And one of those guys is Spencer Sanders. He's definitely not a day one guy. He's not really even a day two guy for me, but he's somebody who's mid-round, fourth, fifth round kind of quarterback potential. Uh, but if he continues to play really well this year, he has an opportunity to shift himself up a little bit. He had 20 touchdowns and 12 picks last year. He's already at 10 and only one pick so far this year. So definitely curious to see what the Cowboys can do if they can keep rolling. Yeah, and I would say I was originally looking forward to this West Virginia-Texas game, and like I said, I'm kind of <laughs> focusing on quarterbacks for mm-hmm. whatever reason. For a while there, I, it, it was rumored that maybe uh, Quinn Ewers was going to make his return here against West Virginia, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case, so it might be the following game. But either way, I wanted to see that for him if he was going to play. And on the uh, West Virginia side of things, I really wanted to – Watch a little more uh, Bryce for Wheaton, which is another big-bodied wide mm-hmm. receiver that I look forward to. You know, at least have a decent game. I think we'll see how it goes, but sure. I wanted to see that matchup. He was in. He's a player on the other side of the ball. I was looking forward to watching. And you're just looking for an excuse to you know be able to continue to root for Texas. They've been having a rough start to the year with injuries that they've had. I also kind of want to wonder. Are they get are the are the horn frogs gonna be able to wear these new unis? Dude, they're they're almost kind of like them, man. Yeah, I've always liked what they've done with uh, with Texas Christian and their set. Of course, they got a game against Oklahoma, and Oklahoma's another one of those teams that you know we're sort of sitting here thinking, are they? And I've said this a couple times already over the last few weeks. Are they as good as their record? As good as everything's going for them? Because they're the kind of team with all of the the changeover that they've had, all of the new, if you will. Are they going to be able to, you know, continue to kind of own the Big 12 the way they have? So we'll see what happens there. Jumping over to the Big 10, obviously we're both a little biased toward Michigan playing against Iowa and whether or not they're going to be one of those top 10 teams that go to die at Kinnick Stadium. Because I tell you what, man, I have been to Kinnick. I've been to Iowa. I've seen, been inside the pink locker room that goes to the visitor when I was working with Central Michigan. And it's a, an interesting place to play a football game. But yeah. 
It's just, it's a place, what's going to happen? Is Michigan going to be able to step up and score points against the Iowa defense? I'm not too worried about Iowa scoring points. but So, Dan, I forgot to uh, mention my hot take for the Big 12. Sorry, when I'm I was, jumping on your takes. Uh, no, it's all good. I was When I was talking about those uniforms for mm-hmm. TCU, hot take for that division is they might come and sneak out a win here against <laughs> Oklahoma, well, which you wouldn't home. be upset about. Right. No, but they are, they are we'll at home. see how that goes for the, the Big 12. But, right. yes, uh, going over to the Big 10 – yeah, catch up. <laughs> Michigan, Iowa, like we talked about. Kinnick Stadium, the kind of place where top 10 teams go to die, if you will. And so the question is, is Michigan going to be able to hold up? And I think that's something we're both obviously looking forward to, to Michigan being able to pull out a win against Iowa. But last couple of times they've played there, they haven't won in Iowa City since, I want to say, like 2006, 5, 7, something like that. It's been a while. Yeah, and I would also say with the other Michigan team here, you know, <laughs> Talia Tagovailoa, mm-hmm. you know, I got to see him against Michigan, and you know, I, they, obviously they didn't get that win or anything, but I felt like he was making some actually some solid plays and right. throws that impressed me a little bit. So I'll actually be watching that game to see what he can do to follow up with that against Michigan State. Like, mm-hmm. uh, there's there's a little something going on there with him, I think. Yeah, and again, those are your teams. And, yeah, sad times for the bigger brother too. Hopefully, Tua. I'm sure everybody who might be listening to this podcast might have seen what happened with right. Tua on Thursday night. So let's hope everything's good with him there. Yeah, he's definitely needs to take a couple weeks off. Hopefully, so. Otherwise, in the Big Ten, I think the other one that I'm curious about is uh, is Minnesota going to keep rolling? I mean, again, I I have said before last week against Michigan State that you know they hadn't played anybody, and then they go out and they dominate Sparty. So now let's see how they do against a Purdue team that always ends up being a little bit cheeky, but they are at home, so uh, definitely the question mark there for for that team. And is Tanner Morgan going to continue to have a great season so far? As, uh, as the quarterback there for Minnesota and as a guy who, again, is another one of those sneaky guys who, if he has a good season, could, you know, push into that third-ish round conversation, I think, at quarterback. What's your hot take for the Big Ten? Hot take for the Big Ten, I notice here. Um, I don't feel as good about it, but I, <laughs> I think it could happen. I, Northwestern at Penn State, and these are both your teams. Okay. So what would you think? Does Northwestern have a chance at upsetting Penn State? Nope. But that's just my take. I honestly, Northwestern is a is a team that just has yet to consistently put it together this year. Uh, yes, Pat Fitzgerald generally tends to have a better team when it comes to the uh, the conference season than the non conference season. And yes, of course, he's still doing great out there at tackle. But other than that, there's nothing that really makes me think Northwestern's going to be able to do a ton this year. These are just going off from gut feelings, man. No, and I like it. I just got a gut feeling. Well, let's jump out to the Pac-12 where you can talk about your gut, and you can also talk about your traps and your. Um, your muscles and your biceps and your chest because one of the games that already went final so last mad. night, UCLA and Washington. Of course, your team, Washington, my team, UCLA. So you and I were dumb enough to be like, every time a team scores, we're doing push-ups. That sounded like a great idea to you to begin the game, didn't it? It did. How many push-ups did you end up doing? Like 150. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> UCLA won 40-32, so that breaks Washington's unbeaten streak and also almost you know broke your pectoral muscles but ended up working out uh, for the the Bears and so UCLA 5 and 0 Chip Kelly's team doing some damage and in that respect the quarterback battle if you will and we'll talk more about this if we need to uh, on a recap show but the quarterback battle between Penix Jr and then the guy they call what uh, DTR yeah, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Washington, man, just the two turnovers are what killed me. Yeah, 
But again, you look at, at quarterbacks that can potentially be coming three, out. He had three turnovers, too, because he, he fumbled in that yeah. as well. But again, because I remember because we had to do pull ups <laughs> for yeah. turnovers. Yeah, you did those two. But again, Dorian Thompson Robinson had a great game for UCLA, and he's another one of those, again, shifty quarterbacks that could be somebody that, you know, makes it towards the back end of the draft. And so we're going to have a lot of quarterbacks to take a peek at because, again, you know, we talked about this at the beginning of, of all of the, the, the years. Like Detroit's in a position to get a quarterback. Obviously, Houston's one of the teams outside of maybe the top two, you know, between Bryce and, and Stroud. Uh, there's a whole lot of I don't know at quarterback. And three, four games in, I still feel like there's a whole lot of I don't know at quarterback. What's your hot take for the Pac-12? You know, this was the toughest one to come up with one for. <laughs> um, I just decided to go with Stanford because I'm really struggling mm-hmm. for Oregon to impress me like they should be. Okay. So I'm leaning towards Stanford. The tree on the road? The tree on the road. Okay. Well, we'll see what comes out of that game and. uh we can start keeping track of these hot takes and whether or not uh, they're going to work out for us as we go through the rest of the season. I'm looking forward to only having your name on all of these. Well, real quick, though, going back to the Big Ten. Yeah. Because I forgot to mention this. One of the matchups, because, you know, I had to get on the prospects mm-hmm. here, but uh, Winman versus Duncan. Oh, yeah. Yep. So the linebacker slash edge rusher for MSU versus the tackle for Maryland. And those are um, both guys we're going to see on Sunday. At some yes. Point. I look forward to seeing that. My prediction is Duncan wins this matchup. Mm-hmm. But um, two very, very good players we're going to be talking about as the draft season approaches. That one will be fun. Right. Now jumping over to the SEC. I don't want to jump right into your hot take. but uh... Oh, this is what started this whole theory about <laughs> yeah. hot takes. I just okay. got a gut feeling the Razorbacks are taking down the tide. Oh, and again, they're at home. So... Yeah. They are at home, and then the guy that I keep talking about, Drew mm-hmm. Sanders, who I'm be- mm-hmm. becoming a bigger and bigger fan of every <laughs> week, it's a bit of a grudge match for him. Sure. Because this is where he was originally committed to go to school, was mm-hmm. Alabama. Well, and I think he spent so, a year in Alabama not playing. Go, yeah. A couple of years and then uh, jumped he, well, in. Well, he got some playing time, but mm-hmm. he wasn't playing like how he wanted to right. play. Yeah, and so he jumped into the transfer pool, uh, which, of course, you always love the, the portal. Yeah, I can't follow anything anymore. <laughs> But, what was it? We went and looked at a team earlier today, and you're like, on our lads, and it was like, it was Miss Ole Miss. Yeah, and you're like, what do all the gold mean? I'm like, transfer, Dan, yeah, and or new players, right? That's what it is. My yep. goodness, a lot can't of follow new faces. anything anymore. Well, a lot of new faces, and that's one of the other big games, uh, Ole Miss and Kentucky. Ole Miss at home, trying to continue. Both of these teams are undefeated, so one of these two teams are going to continue to position themselves for uh, a shot at the SEC title. And uh, whoever comes out of that one ahead, and that's a really a coin flip for me. I think I said that uh, before we even went golfing. I was like, this is one of those games that like could go either way, and so I'm not going to be surprised uh, with anything that happens with that one. What's uh, any other hot takes you got for uh, the SEC? Or are you good with with just sticking to your Arkansas Alabama? Yeah, I, I can't even lie. I, I've been so caught up in just that individual game there. That is my hot take. I mean, every I don't even need to list all the prospects that are on the Alabama side of the th- oh, right. this matchup, but yeah. um, obviously we've talked about uh, Drew Sanders and we've talked mm-hmm. about Bumper Pool in previous matches, but Arkansas has some guys. And I talked about the freshman running back that I like quite a bit, but right. they've got some guys that'll. Uh, rise up boards as we as we go through this draft season well right and obviously there's still that sec kind of almost bias a little bit when it comes to the nfl not that not that they only focus on that but they definitely do focus heavily because got a little update today that there were i think like 11 different nfl teams at the kentucky Ole miss game so just kind of giving you an idea of what it is and again like if those of you who are wondering it will be fun to watch will levis like i said i mean for whatever reason when i was looking at these things this week 
I was naturally drawn to the quarterbacks. And sure. I think it's because I've been so hard on the quarterbacks like mm-hmm. for the entirety of my life. Right. Both for <laughs> draft purposes and actually in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I get so frustrated when they get overhyped or underhyped. Right. So I don't know. For this week, I keep getting drawn to that. Well, I think we're going to push pause on uh, all of the football talk there. Unless you got anything else you want to talk about with the college game. Other than I have to basically wait until Sunday to watch Oregon potentially get upset. I mean, no, I'm pretty good. Yeah, they got some late games out west, man. My goodness. I don't. Can't, is there. <laughs> gotta 11 p.m.? Got to get a nap in. Wow. Tell you what, with the uh, first game of the NFL slate being in London, you could almost just stay up and do 24 hours of football. Just yeah, about take a little nap in between. But yeah, this is our little halftime beer break. And so let's talk about some of the stuff we had. Maybe while we were out golfing, we were hanging out. Uh, let's go ahead and and pop through some of those fun, ridiculous, but entertaining beers. And I think we start. I want to start out with the one that we had today when we started out golfing, and that was Oddside, their banana French toast oh, you, beer. You stole my beer. I didn't steal it. I'm teeing it up for you to talk <laughs> about it. You oh, loved this one. Oh, man, this beer was so good. Okay, so first of all, I'm a sucker for things that are banana flavored. Don't sure. know why. Not even a huge banana guy. Mm-hmm. But banana flavored things, I'm all about it. Well, you take banana nut bread, which is like my favorite bread, and it's banana nut French toast. Mm-hmm. I kid you not, as soon as you taste this beer, it's banana. Yeah. It's a very banana, banana stout right up front mm-hmm. that is very, very good. Then it kind of finishes with like this nutty French toast toast like flavor that's there and like (laughs) Mm -hmm. wait a full-on minute and then all of a sudden here comes this maple syrup like (laughs) super delayed flavor i'm like wow Mm -hmm. that was super that was late to the party but very enjoyable but this beer was great it was it was very good and i believe it was double digit percentage which Mm -hmm. surprised me yeah because it didn't even occur to me that it was bourbon barrel age too right so it was pretty easy. I don't drinker. know. It was the one of the best beers I've had recently mm-hmm. that I've never had. If that makes sense, right? And it's one of those beers that, like, I hear for me personally, that's a great start to your day or a great end to your day. I don't really want to crack it open right in the middle or anything, but it was a really good one for us to start on the golf course with, uh, because you know just what you you know what you're doing. It's like you, you maybe on a Saturday with some football, you may be starting to drink a beverage before noon, and if you want to drink a beverage before noon, it might as well be one that has breakfast written all over it. Another one that we tried out there, and uh, this is kind of a little teaser for what we've got coming up for you. I think we'll probably post it either Sunday or Monday, but the Oktoberfest beer battle that we had, there was one that didn't enter into it that probably should have been there because uh, it might have actually finished pretty high up there with uh, with the Sam Adams Oktoberfest that we had. And again, not going to get into too many details on that since we do have the whole Oktoberfest show coming our way. But, uh, but yeah, Sam Adams' Oktoberfest was actually pretty pleasant, all things considered. It didn't have some of the negatives we see we saw in some of the Oktoberfests that were there, but uh, overall, it was just a pretty pleasant beer to drink. Yeah, and uh, I got a couple more here that I, you know, I'll try to go oh, through yeah. these quick. Mm-hmm. But um, the Bo and Luke by Against the Grain yes. Brewery, a Kentucky Brewery. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this thing and mm-hmm. i'll just say this right off the bat it was similar to that banana nut french toast by Oddside. right did not realize it was a 13 percent alcohol beer. whoops <laughs> but it, it was good it was an imperial smoked stout um definitely got the smoky flavor on it mm-hmm. and like the heavy darkness of the stout but it was nothing was overpowering right and it was just like it was really well balanced i like the smokiness of it I was very oh, happy. Oh, I did too. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it a little more than one of the other ones we had, which is another odd side. 
uh, the Baltic Porter. It wasn't bad. Baltic Porter was decent. Yeah, what did I say? It was like a tart, charred yeah. something. Like There was like a charred, roasted right. flavor on that one, but there was like some weird tart vibe <laughs> at the end. Yeah, well, and, it's, and again, drinking that one coming off of the... Uh, the banana nut one might have been a little bit much from a flavor, you know, change standpoint. But still, again, a good beer. And so the nice thing is the ones that we grabbed. And again, we do what we do these beers when we grab just like a random mixy sixty just to try stuff out. We don't know if they're going to be good or bad. We're just hoping they're going to be good, right? And I don't think we picked a bad one this time. I think it worked out pretty well because the other one, Stranger Than Fiction, Collective Arts Brewing, a porter, that one was all right too. Yeah, and it was that was cool about that one. It was thankfully it was a regular percentage beer like right. a five and a half percent but it had that same like roasty like mm-hmm. charred note that the the baltic porter did but it was a lot more like coffee smooth right you know um that's a canada beer too so it's good to get something even outside the u.s in here they're fun like that collective arts has got a really good blend of beer that's uh that's kind of the northern part of the u.s and canada so Definitely a good combination of beers, and like we talked about, we got that uh, beer battle coming your way, the beer boogie. Whatever, we're still coming up with the naming, but it's going to be a whole lot of Oktoberfest beer. It's going to be a very much a standalone beer episode, so we'll have that coming for you here pretty soon. And now let's uh, move over to the NFL, rip through these games, and give people some thoughts on what they should be paying attention to and what we're looking out for as we go into week four. So let's start, as we always do, with... We're just going to go from games in the AFC North, and as we go through the teams, we go through the teams. So the first one that I've got on my list is Cleveland and Atlanta, which are both my teams, so I can talk about them. But Cleveland, again, the big question mark is, can they keep rolling the way that they have with... I mean, they're winning games, but they're not winning games very prettily. Uh, they beat the Steelers when they weren't looking hot. They were, you know, they beat the Jets by... A, they lost to the Jets, rather, by a point. They had the game against the Panthers, but... Question is, what are they going to do for the pass rush with Miles Garrett out after crashing his Porsche? Thankfully enough, uh, no crazy injury there, but still something that is going to affect them on the field because he's not going to be able to play for a little while, and that's a big part of what they do on defense is try to get after the quarterback. So, can they put some pressure on on uh, Marcus Mariota? Can they mess with the Falcons and keep their their uh, offense off balance as the Falcons have tried to develop this sort of run pass combo thing with Cordero Patterson and uh, of course Drake London stepping up and Kyle Pitts finally being heard from so it's one of those games where neither of these teams are great neither of these teams are necessarily um, contenders yet but this is one of those games you need to win if you want to make the playoffs and so I'm, I'm leaning toward Cleveland finding a way to pull it out but I'm also not confident about that at all. All right, Dan, and I'm going to rewind time for a minute here and start with the game that actually <laughs> took place on on Thursday, which mm-hmm. is two of the teams I covered. Obviously, that game had already happened. You know, um, as I previously mentioned, you know, it was an uh, interesting storyline there going on with Tua. Let's mm-hmm. hope everything's okay there. doesn't look like everything's going to be okay for that doctor. <laughs> um, but we've all seen the outcome of that mm-hmm. game. And, you know, had I mentioned anything that I'd be looking forward to on this, it was a game where – I look for the Bengals to potentially get back on track and play as good as we think they are and kind of try to derail these undefeated Dolphins, <laughs> which we know happened. Right. Um, but, yeah, that would that would be the, the main thing I was looking for going into that game is just to see the Bengals get back on track. Well, I and definitely would not have expected to. I, actually, I wasn't <laughs> expecting to see Tua play at all. Sure. So um, that surprised me. Well, you were also looking forward to the whiteout. Oh yeah, you've been looking. Can't believe I forgot to mention that. You've been looking all, forward to the white unis the all year. The whole entire off season, 
And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that they are my new favorite uniforms <laughs> in all of the NFL are the all-white Bengals. You've been looking for the but, Siberian Bengal Tiger for a long time. Correct. Um, I did want to see mainly on the Bengal side of the game, like if the O-line could have two decent games in a row here. Um, I also wanted to see if Jamar Chase and T. Higgins were going to, you know, just absolutely crush the Miami DBs. Whoops. Um, Got halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we'll talk more about that. But, but going, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> the uh, But with the O-line thing, I wanted to see if the Bengals are going to have two good games in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to see how that was going to hold up against Christian Wilkins and Melvin Ingram because Wilkins has been on fire. Right. Well, how about a team that's not on fire? Two teams that are on fire. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's hosting New York. What do you got? Let's start off that since Pittsburgh's technically your team. For the Steelers and the Jets, Dan, like, <laughs> what are you looking for? Just to see if a t- team can get a win? I mean, here? the question I think there is, like, which quarterback starts where and who stays the whole time? I mean, there's questions about whether or not Wilson's coming back. He's probably not coming back till next week. For no, the he's Jets. coming back. Is he going to play this week? Yeah, he's supposed yeah. to start this week. Yeah. You know, so that'll be the main storyline for, I yeah. guess, your side of the game. Yeah, I guess. As, as far as that goes. I mean, mine's the same old storyline of how much longer do we have to watch Mr. Risky? It's, does the Pittsburgh O-line get anything going? Does Najee right. Harris find a way to average anything more than three <laughs> yards of carry? It's literally been the exact same storyline the entire time for the right. Pittsburgh Steelers for me. I mean, you keep seeing these the same guys on defense show up, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one. I, I For me, I, I guess I, I just continue to want to see more from George Pickens. Everybody knows how big of a fan I was from Sure. Him. And, yeah, I think with the Jets, again, outside of what's going on with Wilson, it's just the team itself. These are two teams that no one's expecting much out of this year. Uh, and to see both of the Wilsons finally get a chance to connect, to see if, you know, the weird thing that happened last year where uh, where one of the Wilsons, decided not to target, you know, one of his best wide receivers most of the season. And you saw the just the, the weird dynamic that, that happened between uh, between Wilson and Corey Davis, whether or not or and Elijah Moore rather, and some of those guys that seemed like they played better with Joe Flacco in the game. Uh, so that's gonna be a huge question mark for them. And then again is is uh, is Brees Hall or Michael Carter, are those guys gonna continue to uh, kind of do this weird sort of tag team in the backfield. But overall I'm not putting a ton of mental energy into the New York Jets. <laughs> we'll see what happens as they go through the year. But you know that kind of wraps it up for me for the uh, AFC North. If we go to the South the first game that uh, catches my eye is an AFC South matchup, Tennessee and Indianapolis. Yeah, for Tennessee, I mean, sad times for one of my Go Blue players here. Mm. Taylor Lewan, out again. Whoops. Such a good player who just always manages to find a way to end up on the injury report. This time he's out for the whole year with a knee injury. Mm -hmm. Um, Now it's obvious. I just want to see what this O-line does, how they respond, how they regroup, and Mm -hmm. how does that impact Derrick Henry? I mean, do they give Tannehill enough time so we can see what these young rookie wide receivers are capable of? We've been kind of Mm -hmm. waiting to see that the entire time. Phillips has been out. Does he get back in the mix? Um, Right. But, again, for me, everything's just going to go around this old line because the Titans are not a team that I expected to be have one win at this point <laughs> and only one win and then mm-hmm. to lose their star tackle. Um, things are not trending in a good direction for them, so it's kind of crazy. I mean, if mm-hmm. it continues to, continues to go on this for a few more games, yes. we actually might be asking ourselves, when do we see Malik Willis? 
Well, and again, I, I think that anybody who kidded themselves into thinking Ryan Tannehill was going to take over a team and and take it to a Super Bowl by himself is, you know, again, kidding themselves. But uh, at the same time, he has been serviceable. But this year's looking like a rough start so far for uh, Tennessee. Maybe maybe it would help if they had like a go-to wide receiver they could throw the ball to or something like that. Ooh. I'm just I'm just saying. Another team that's trying to figure itself out is the Indianapolis Colts. They're one one and one. And that's pretty much sums up their season. They're just such a question mark right now. Matt Ryan's had good games. He's had bad games. Jonathan Taylor's kind of still doing Jonathan Taylor things. But outside of Michael Pittman Jr., there's nobody else that's really stepping up uh, in the wide receiver class. Alec Pierce has had an okay start to his season, uh, the rookie. But, you know, the the big note from a, a younger player end of things is Quiddy Pay is having a decent start to his season. A couple sacks to begin with. So I'll be curious to see if he can build upon that and give them a pass rush that they haven't been seeing. And so, hey, there's an opportunity to uh, tee off on somebody. Why not go after Ryan Tannehill? Looking at other teams in the AFC South, Jacksonville, the surprising Jaguars. What do you got there? Dude, the Jaguars, could they just be like the giant killers moving forward? I don't know. Like I'm getting a little too overzealous with that here. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, well, here's the thing. I've always wanted to like Jacksonville, and I like Trevor Lawrence. But then as soon as they got Urban Meyer, I'm like, well, I can't like Jacksonville. And then they get rid of Urban Meyer pretty quickly, so I'm so back on board back with Jacksonville. Back on board again. Well, and that's the fun thing, too, is you've got the game, of course, Jacksonville playing at Philadelphia, which means Doug Peterson, the head coach for the Jaguars, is going back to the place where he won a Super Bowl. It should be a little bit you know, of a heartfelt return. He probably won't get cheered, I'll be honest with you. I'm sure he'd like to get cheered, but this is Philadelphia we're talking about. So there's a decent yeah, chance. He's, he's, he's not going to get Maybe at the end of the game after Philly wins, they can do that. But uh, I think if I had to throw a prediction out there, I do think Philadelphia finds a way to win this game because they are at home. Ooh, even... we, might, we might have to make a little wager on that Okay. Because I just look for Trevor Lawrence to have another good game. I like to see the ETN starting mm. to get involved, even though we all know I'm a James Robinson mm-hmm. fan. But it'll be cool to see the one-two punch between the two of those boys. But, mm-hmm. man, I could just keep watching Devin Lloyd play on the <laughs> defensive side of the ball. And this guy is showing he's good, man. Yeah, he is really, really good. I think the last game when they uh, took out the Chargers here, who mm-hmm. I talked about being Super Bowl contenders, there he had seven tackles, but this guy also had three pass deflections out there. He's he's sure. making an impact all around. So I don't know. I think the Jaguars are going to win. Should we should we place a bet? Ooh, all right, let's place a bet. We're not going to necessarily tell you tell you what the bet is because we're just doing it right now. But we'll definitely there will be a bet. There will be a payoff, and it will be hilarious for one of the we'll two follow of us. Up. No doubt about that. I still think Philadelphia's going to be able to do it. Jalen Hurts has turned into the real deal. It's really helped him to have, I don't know, that guy we were just talking about, A.J. Brown, doing what he's doing out there uh, for them catching passes. And so I think Philly's going to find a way to win this game and win me whatever bet we're going to make here. Last team to talk about in the AFC South, the, uh, I guess, surprising, I want to say, Houston Texans. I don't know if it's surprising the right word is just, I don't know, they're, they're like the— I'm surprised. Tell you what, they strike me right now. I mean, obviously, this is how the NFL works. You're going to play whoever's on your schedule. But they're like the the boxer that the up-and-comer guy fights against to prove himself, but he ends up with like the Glass Joe record of 1-99, but every once in a while surprises you. It's pretty much Houston to me right now. They're, they're, they're not – they're fighting. They're, they're hanging around games. They're trying, but they're just not good. And so playing against the Chargers team, they're at home. The Chargers are banged up. The Chargers, you know, are are still trying to figure themselves out with the injuries they've had. I mean, Herbert's probably still not fully healthy. Uh, he's lost Slater at uh, on the line, and so they're they're a bit of a hospital ward right now. So can Houston find a way to pull out the win? I'd be curious about that. I'd also be curious to see if Brandon Cooks is going to do anything else after his first week in fantasy. Sorry, I'm a little bitter about that still. Yeah, you talk about the hospital ward. Well, if I go on to my next game here, 
I got the the Patriots and mm-hmm. Jacoby Myers is out for another week, which hurts because <laughs> he was the only. I don't know. He's the only wide receiver who really stood out a little bit in that room. Sure. The other ones just seem like they're kind of guys who've been passed around the league, if you will. Mm-hmm. But the whole story with Mac Jones, which is going on, I mean, with the way he looked when he left the game, I mean, I thought the guy's yeah. ankle came detached from his body. Right. And then it was really weird storyline post that game because it was like, he, he's going to miss some time. I'm fine. Mac Jones. <laughs> and then the, the Mac Jones, like somebody went and made a statement on his behalf or something. He's like, most people would have surgery if they had this injury, but I'm not. I'm like, what is going on? Like, I mean, is he? And then all. And so then it sounded like he's definitely going to miss time. He was listed as out, out yesterday, yeah. but you rewind like the day before, right? Or he was listed as out, but he's throwing balls in practice. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I have no idea what is going on <laughs> with Mac Jones right now. Yeah. This team's banged up, and it couldn't come at a worse time because of go figure. They're mm. playing the Packers, and yep. I would want nothing more than to see the Packers lose. Yeah. But Aaron Rodgers is starting to heat up, and Dobbs yeah. is starting to heat up, and mm-hmm. here they go. I feel like this whole team's going to have everything turned around. Devondre Campbell is playing lights out on defense mm-hmm. again. It's it's not going to be good for the, the Patriots. Yeah, about the only guy who's not having a great start to this season so far for the Packers is probably Christian Watson. I don't know. I'm kidding. He's starting off slow. He's a rookie. So we're not worried too much about him. But yeah, the Packers as a whole, you know, we don't spend a ton of time talking to them. Partially because we don't like him, but also partially because things are going well for him. They righted the ship after that first game, uh, which was just so delightful to see them, you know, stumble out of the gates. But they tend to do that because Aaron Rodgers doesn't really play preseason either. So it'll be probably a game that the Green Bay should be favored in. So I'll be curious to see can Watson step up? Is Dobbs going to continue to play the way he is and Quay Walker has been playing pretty well so far in the middle of that defense and that's something that we're curious about whether or not that was going to be a a position that they were going to be struggling with uh, as the season gets rolling but you know unfortunately few things stay the same in the NFL but the Green Bay Packers contending tends to be one of them so we've already talked about Miami so let's talk about the and the Jets and that pretty much covers it for most of the East, except for Buffalo, who's playing at Baltimore, which is both of these are my teams. And Buffalo, again, you feel free to chime in because I know how much you love uh, Josh Allen. But You just said that's all that needs to be said. <laughs> the guy's MVP almost, yeah. Yeah, things are going well for them. Obviously, they, they had the hiccup against Miami, uh, who's proven to be a very good team, so you can't complain too much about that. But, again, the biggest thing for me is that Josh Allen is the, the second – the leading rusher on the team with the second most carries, and that still makes me nervous that they haven't been able to establish a running game and that Josh Allen is most of the running game they haven't been able to establish yet. And so seeing how that continues to play out and how Kyer Elam continues to play out there in the backfield and the defensive backfield is going to be something that I'll be watching out for. And then the flip side with the, the Ravens, I mean, Lamar Jackson is having – another great year it's almost like he's you know playing for a contract or something and so as he negotiates on his own behalf it'll be interesting to see what he can come up with there but uh, but again for these guys I mean Kyle Hamilton has looked decent so far you know playing in the secondary he hasn't been somebody who's been a huge crazy standout but it's been positive so far as a young guy coming on there but again the big thing is this is Lamar Jackson and what else so this is two teams where there's two quarterbacks that are most of the offense for both of these two teams. And so who knows if you, one team can shut down the other somehow, it's going to be a long day. Yeah. Once you hop out West, I'll take it out West and I'll cover both my teams out here with the Vegas and the Broncos here. Uh, Broncos, man, the storyline, excuse me. It's going to be the same thing until I see something else to talk about. (laughs) I mean, Russell Wilson, what's he cooking? 
Nothing. Absolutely like, nothing. He's ordering takeout. He's got hot dog water in his cereal. It's not good. Somehow, some way, Cortland Sutton keeps making an impact. But, True. Um, I don't know. Like, there's plenty of things and prospects and draft picks that they have and that I could talk about, but I cannot. <laughs> I just can't do it. I can't move on from this because mm-hmm. I thought they were going to be so good with him. I didn't think it would take this long for him to adjust and get into a rhythm with a new team. Right. But, I mean, here we are three games in, and we're t- he's thrown two whole touchdowns and one pick <laughs> still. Mm-hmm. It, like, I don't There's know. There's no the ball. No. I just don't know what else. I can't talk about anything else with the Broncos until Russ Wilson <laughs> does something. So, just too many frustrations mm-hmm. there. And then on the other side of the ball, it's all, or the other side of the game, mm-hmm. it's almost like a completely different story. I mean, I didn't. I'm not saying Derek Carr is playing great or anything like that, but I mean, the offense is actually moving along here. I mm-hmm. mean, you've got three wide receivers in quotation marks because Darren <laughs> Waller, but right. you've got three guys who are getting all kinds of yards. They've all gotten touchdowns. Obviously, Adams has got three, but they're very, very much involved in this offense. Josh Jacobs is actually looking really mm-hmm. good. I mean. This offense is looking very good, yet the team doesn't have a single win, Dan. <laughs> They're they probably the best. Because the... they just keep barely losing mm-hmm. but putting up, like playing good games. So I don't know. It's weird. I have a tough time dogging on the Raiders right. too much on this, and I just I just want to keep dogging on Russ Wilson. <laughs> well, they're the best 0-3 team in football right now. Uh, and so the question for them, though, is if they if they do manage to lose another game, you go 0-3, you can still have, like, maybe we can turn things around and do something with our season. But 0-4, I mean, you're really hurting for the ability to come back and make noise, even with the extra game now. So uh, the other team in the AFC West, as we wrapped up the AFC, is the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chiefs going to Tampa Bay, of course, that game kind of still up in the air a little bit with uh, all the logistics on that with the hurricane and everything down in Tampa but uh, the Chiefs I mean they looked good against the Cardinals all right against the Chargers and bad against the Colts and now they're playing a Bucks team that is definitely licking their their chops to be able to try to come after them I mean George Karloftis has had an okay start to the season so far on defense um, you're seeing you know a little bit of work done uh, by some of the younger guys but overall it's it's they're an older team. They're 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 a veteran team, so you're not seeing a ton of the rookies or young guys making a huge impact. They're still trying to figure out who else is going to catch the ball besides uh, Travis Kelsey. Juju Smith Schuster seems like the best option right now between him and Valdez Scantling because they can't choose guys with one names uh, with one name. But Kansas City is a vulnerable two and one in this AFC West. We talk about being the best division in the NFL. Is got a lot of question marks right now, and some of those are coming up against the Bucks. You know, I'm just thinking back to the the Broncos again. I'm sorry, I haven't, I can't, I couldn't move on. <laughs> but like, I'm looking at some of the draft capital they've spent, and how young these DBs are back mm-hmm. here in their mid to late twenties. It's not even late twenties; they're all in their mid twenties. Right. Patrick Tain was top ten pick. No DB has a single interception mm-hmm. for Denver. Right. And like, looking at the other side of the ball for the, the Raiders, does anyone name Max Crosby? Not name Max Crosby. <laughs> even have a sack. It's not looking good. I don't know. I'm, you know what? I'm going to watch that game in depth this Sunday. <laughs> All right. Where are we going now? Let's talk about Tampa. Huh? Talk about Tampa. Oh, we're going to skip the – Can we? let's go to the, the, the NFC North. Let me just get it out you of the way. To, okay. It's burning. Okay. It's well, eating we'll my soul. come back to the Bucks in a minute. Go ahead. It's eating my soul. <laughs> First of all, sad times for Tracy Walker. Right. Torn Achilles, 
out for the year. Yep. She's a captain of the Lions defense. Mm-hmm. But I mean, my goodness, if this, you know, you know me, I'm the one person who doesn't say like it pains me when I hear people mm-hmm. say same old Lions and stuff right. like that. But if there's one thing that just doesn't seem to change, it's just the incredibly bad luck we have with injuries. Right. So I just mentioned Tracy Walker's out mm-hmm. for the whole season, but Swift is out. The Sun guy, right. Amonor St. Brown, is out. Half the team's out. Jonah Jackson's out. Didn't even mm-hmm. see kicker's out. Right. Yep. Siebert's out, too. My goodness. Like, even when we start to look good and things are coming together and get a good coaching staff, mm-hmm. everybody's hurt, man. Yeah. Everybody's hurt. With that being said, I still think we've got a very, very good chance of, you know, potentially getting a win against the Seahawks. Well, just, I'll let you jump into that yeah, side of that. Just like the last time that you uh, made the comment about, oh, well, the guys are out. They're going to lose the game. That was against the Commanders. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll just keep that trend. Maybe right. I'll say we'll lose. On a positive note, though, Akuda Matata. <laughs> yes. He's been playing great. Jeff Akuda has looked very good, and he's got a chance to tee off against a quarterback that has been prone to make mistakes in his career in Geno Smith. He's had an okay start to his year so far. Just catch Smith's, that Lion King reference. Yeah, that was great. Uh, Smith's only had two picks so far, but that's two picks for three games. So I think uh, Akuda might be uh, licking his lips a little bit, trying to see if he can come in and, and yoink a player two away from Geno Smith. And again, this is a game, anytime you have a West Coast team coming over for a one o'clock start, there's always a bit of a question mark is, are they going to be ready and fresh? Uh, for that kind of a game and so hey a lot of things are pointing towards a potential Lions win here it's just a lot of uh, injuries are going to try to get in the way of that so that kind of you know takes care of that bit I want to talk about Chicago and New York as two teams that are better than maybe we thought they might be at the beginning of the year but both of these two teams are two and one and neither of them I believe deserve to be two and one personally and so one of these two teams has got to win, or maybe it's a tie, right? But that's the thing. It's like the Giants' Saquon has looked like normal again, which is great for him. But Justin Fields has looked like a train wreck at quarterback for the Bears. And yes, it's his third different system in three seasons. Yes, he's still trying to take some time to get used to it. But the dude is missing throws that he shouldn't be missing by his third year, second year in the NFL, rather. Uh, he's just He looks like he's still kind of gun-shy, he's timid as a player, and that is not going to go well against a Giants team that's been able to generate a little bit of a pass rush. And uh, Kayvon Thibodeau should be getting his second game in under his belt and be able to, to go after a guy who's a little antsy back there in the pocket. You know, it might be something that they look forward to. But, again, who wins this game? I don't care. Neither of them are going to make the playoffs. You know, you talk about teams that don't deserve to be, you know, two and one. <laughs> I mean, call me salty, call me what you will. But uh, the Vikings, I don't think, deserve to be two and one. I don't know. That's just You're just still mad about the way the game ended. Well, yes. I'm very, very angry about the way the game. I'm also angry that this is the first year I've taken Kirk Cousins, you know, Mr. Play it safe, don't throw interceptions, consistent type quarterback, and he's got three picks already. Whoops. Three games. Admittedly, he did struggle to figure out who he was playing against uh, in that uh, that game against the Eagles. But I will say, I mean, I'm looking for Dalvin Cook to kind of get things going. I'm looking for Kirk Cousins to get things going. I mean, obviously – Justin Jefferson is still, you know, being Justin Jefferson and doing mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson like things. Um, I, I kind of want to see. I I keep getting the sense when I see watch the the Vikings play that they really want to get Irv Smith Jr. more involved, which right. I hope they do because you know that was a, I thought it was a good pick on their end, but um, I didn't like Irv Smith. But for whatever reason, <laughs> I just thought he fit good there, which is really mm-hmm. weird. Because you go back and look at my notes, and he was not a player I was high on coming out of college. But kind of want to see if things keep going there and their defense. I mean, 
it's great to see Josh mm-hmm. Metellus go blue. There you go. Keep getting involved. He made me very angry against my Lions, so I'm going to end on that note. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and it is a, it'll be interesting to see how Dalvin Cook does after leaving the game last week. Looks like he is set to play, but for the Saints, they're almost as, in as bad a shape as the Lions when it comes to the guys being out because Jameis Winston isn't playing. Michael Thomas isn't playing. Uh, there's a couple different guys uh, as well on that team that are that are questionable or maybe out for that game. And so this is you may not like the Vikings being two and one. You might not like them being three and one after this because there's a decent chance they're going to win a game against a banged up uh, Saints team over there in London. Those London games are always kind of weird and sloppy, anyways. But uh, I would say that uh, Minnesota's got a very good chance at being three and one after this week because New Orleans is still figuring themselves out. They're still out of sorts. They're still a young team, a team in transition. And so it's just, it's a weird, weird season for the New Orleans Saints. And it's going to continue, I think, against Minnesota this week. That wraps us up for the NFC North. So if you want to jump over to the South, now you can talk about Tampa Bay. I can, but you know, Tampa Bay is going to be the same drawn out storyline kind of (laughs) like with Denver. I mean, only there's two storylines here. uh, I'll save the positive thing for the end, I guess. (laughs) But it's what are they going to get any wide receivers to throw to? We get Mike Maybe. Evans back, so no suspension there. Mm-hmm. But everyone else, granted, the like Godwin, <laughs> you know, started practicing a little bit. Still don't know if Godwin's right. playing, don't know if Julio's playing. Gage Russell Gage is hurt yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Go down the entire wide receiver <laughs> chart, it might just be Mike Evans and Cole Beasley, right? At least that, you got Mike that Evans could be back. it. And and the one of the Bigger injuries, in mm-hmm. my opinion, even more than wide receivers. Donovan Smith, the left tackle. Right. He still hasn't played. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's when is the offense going to get going? And then, on a positive note, the defense is just absolutely killing it. Right. So they got, they got I, got I don't even need to list a single name on this defense because right. the entirety, it's not one guy, it's not two guys, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not eight guys. Right. All 11 guys on this defense are killing it. Right, so, and so they got to them, and they got a tough matchup against Kansas City. So that's going to be and, a fun yes. one to watch. And so who's who's going to come out of that one? Well, I mean, hey, this might be another fourteen twelve game. Hopefully, they're on the 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 top end of that one. I think both of us like the Bucks a little better than the Chiefs. No offense, even though I'm the one talking about the Chiefs. The other game for the uh, NFC South has got your Carolina Panthers hosting Arizona in another game of question mark teams trying to figure things out. Yeah, it'll be good to see if the. The Panthers can get a, a second win in a row here, if you will. We'll see if that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, the offense, like you know, like I predicted, started to heat up. It wasn't as good yep. as I thought it was going to be. But trending but in the right direction. It, it was trending in the right direction. Um, I look for Christian McCaffrey to just keep, keep, you know, to being Christian McCaffrey. Right. I want to see him get LaVisca Chenault more involved. Yeah. The guy literally has barely touched the ball, but, man. When he does, dude's electric. And I've thought mm-hmm. that ever since he came out of college. Right. And they, they brought in Chanel. They literally traded for him to bring him in. They traded a draft pick for that guy. And as you let the Huskies out, I mean, I think that, that that's a missed opportunity for him so far. Maybe this is the week that they do it against an Arizona team that has been pretty sketch so far when it comes to playing football this year. I mean, they got the win over the Raiders, but that took a crazy combination of circumstances for them to get there. And otherwise, the offense has not looked great. Kyler Murray has looked good, but not great so far this year. Uh, and again, the running game has not picked up for them really either. No one's really averaging a ton uh, of yardage or yards per carry, which isn't a great sign. Marquise Brown is, they are at least feeding him the ball as the guy that they brought in with their first round draft pick, but he's also averaging 10 yards a reception, which is not what you're hoping for out of the guy that you're bringing in to take the top off of a defense. And so this, if you want to, if you want to, 
game to try to get yourself on track for Carolina. Maybe it is against an Arizona team that had a solid offense, but the defense is very, very vulnerable and easy to pick apart potentially. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say, though, is just like with Baker getting things going, like there isn't a single wide receiver who had more than two receptions last week. It's cool to see him get a lot of people involved, but Mm -hmm. like you've got Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. You've got DJ Moore. Yeah. I've already said I, I like the potential that LaVisca Chenault has. I mean, they even started to get a guy that I liked coming out of college, Shai Smith, involved. Mm-hmm. Nobody had more than two grabs. There you go. Whoops. Yeah, they got to wanna... figure things out. Yeah. You can't have Christian McCaffrey, and he only has two grabs. Right. This is one of the best receiving running backs I've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> Not yeah, especially if, if Baker's struggling a little bit. Mm-hmm. You've got like the safest thing ever right next to you. <laughs> Dump the ball off to him once mm-hmm. in a while. See what happens. Yeah, it'd be a whole lot easier. We've already talked about a couple teams from the East with the the Giants and the Eagles. So let's talk about the other two that are playing each other. Washington at Dallas and Cooper Rush. I'm having too much fun with this. I am too. I was just going to let you keep going with it. I'm having way too much fun with Cooper (laughs) Rush. Obviously, you know what, Dan and I, both uh, alumni from uh, the Central Michigan Chippewas there, fire up chips. You know what we're going to be watching. It's obvious. You You have to be fired up. Get it yeah. to see Cooper Rush play. Mm-hmm. It's great, but um, we all know I, I get super stoked <laughs> to watch Micah Parsons as well. But right. trying to figure out what is going to end up going on with this running game here. I mean, I keep watching Zeke Elliott. He just does not look like Zeke Elliott used no. to. But it, it was good to see C.D. Lamb get involved and have a good game. But man, he keeps dropping the ball. Oh, too. dude, that touchdown pass in his hands. I still feel his pain. Yeah. He feels it, too. Pain. He and feels I felt it, it more because he dropped Cooper Rush's ball. Right. And I was angry at him. <laughs> hey, he did make a great touchdown catch later in the game, though. So, again, CD kind of channeling a little Braylon Edwards there and missing the easy ones and making the hard ones, right? So, yeah. On the flip side, uh, will Jahan Dotson continue to become more part of the offense for the Commanders? Still annoyed that the I Manders. that name. The Manders. The Manders. But they got some new unis, too, Dan. They do have some new unis. They're going all black for some strange reason. On the road. They could do anything, and I just don't it's, even care no, what it is because they don't. messed up the nickname so bad. Exactly. It's just, it's they uh, missed opportunity. I mean, I've got an Antonio Gibson as a backup running back in fantasy. I just want to trade right. him so I don't have any Manders on my team Fair. wearing I'll weird uniforms. That. I mean, hey, I look, I'm riding with Carson Wentz right now. That's how bad my season's been going. So the, uh, the, other, the other guy to mention, though, is a younger dude. He's only in his third season. Is Cole Holcomb, the linebacker, has been having a pretty good start to his season. Uh, so I'll be curious to see if he can continue to develop into somebody who's going to be able to anchor that defense for Washington. But, uh, but yeah, other than that, in that game, I mean, you got to think that Dallas is going to get the win in this one. Yes. They have Micah Parsons and Leighton Vander Esch. And they're at home. And, and Cooper Rush. And if you got to look between Carson Wentz and Cooper Rush, I don't know. I kind of like Cooper Rush in that matchup right now. And I know you kind of already talked about the, the Giants a bit in this mm-hmm. battle of Who's gonna finally yeah, show that sure they're not really a, a two and one team? But the only thing I really seems like you kind of talked about. It. The only thing I really wanted to go back and mention on that game is, is the Sterling Shepard thing. Man, he tore his Achilles last year, and now he tore his yep. ACL. He might not be playing a whole lot more. Football. No, he might not. But man, did you hear the take that uh, Odell Beckham Jr. OBJ oh, had? No, I did not. So, and I might, hopefully I don't misquote this, but I think he was just referring to all turf as a whole in the NFL, <laughs> but I think he's just making the statement that all turf's got to go because he's mm-hmm. kind of blaming 
the artificial turf and uh-huh. all these injuries and whatnot, and everybody should basically have real grass. Way to go, Odell. Does that mean that everybody uh, – you know I'm not a big Odell guy, but this is why mm-hmm. I brought up the comment. If that was his intent and that was the exact quote, right? is this the first thing that me and Odell see eye to eye on? Because you know I hate it domes. Football, to me, is a sport that's meant to be played against your opponent and the weather. Right. And you can't control the weather. <laughs> yeah. Which is fun. You could have a retractable dome, stadium, whatever you want to call it, for concerts and mm-hmm. other events like that. But I don't care if it's just a monsoon outside. Mm-hmm. When Sunday comes, you open up the roof and you play it. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Of course, you wouldn't want to be playing in certain parts of the, the country. Like if you're going to have a team in Vegas, yeesh. I don't know I want to play a game in Vegas with the dome open in, uh, in the end of well, the I beginning wouldn't. of It'd be September. my worst nightmare. Right, exactly. I'd rather play in a hurricane. Exactly. And so, yeah, that that might be uh, something you two agree on, but that's about it, I think. I don't think you and Odell are going to be buddies on a whole lot of other topics. But anything else in New York? No. All I'm right, good last there. game of the day to talk about, because we've already touched on Seattle and Arizona. Out west, it's the Monday night game. It's L.A. It's San Francisco. They're both yours. Go for it. You know, <laughs> I got to start with what in the heck is going on in the San Francisco team? If you, I'd love to sit and talk about the players, but we, we, and it is the players, let's be honest. But we, the team allegedly a week or so ago, like being split on the quarterback and some reports of players being excited that Lance is out. Now Jimmy G's the guy and, Mm-hmm. Then this past week, you got the viral video of Jimmy G <laughs> telling Shanahan all of his plays oh suck. Yeah, I just don't know what is going on here. The it's fact that Kittle just cannot cannot stay healthy for the mm-hmm. life of him. I don't even know what else to think about. Like I feel bad <laughs> for my boy Debo. I want him out of there. Yeah, I love Debo Samuel. Yeah, he made a mistake signing the contract. Maybe. Yeah, he just this just seems like a toxic. It's dysfunctional right now. Vibe. It's not yeah. good. But everybody keeps downplaying. Like, everybody seems like they're right. in good spirits and whatnot. But I don't know. There's this major weirdness going on in San <laughs> Fran. So I'm gonna have a lot of fun trying to watch this right. Monday night game just to see what they look like and how this team responds to all the all this weird weirdness yeah, that's going well, hey, on around them. Sometimes people are in bad relationships and they don't know about it, you know, until they're out, they're out of them. So right. maybe that's the entirety of San Francisco right now. And I'd hate to <laughs> hate to end the show on a note like this, but with my third broken, there's a squeaky toy from yeah. my husky, a third uh, storyline that doesn't seem to change no matter what we do, but – at what point is Stafford going to have more touchdowns and interceptions this I'm year? I'm hoping this week because he's killing my fantasy team. But it's good for me. <laughs> Thank oh, you, Squeaky. Man. Zephyr's uh, letting us know what he thinks about how long this podcast is running. We're going to wrap it up here, but uh, basically, yeah, that's the question. As you hear the skitter of feet go downstairs, will Matt Stafford sort it out? We'll let you know that next time. We're going to wrap it up because the pups are done with us talking about football. We'll catch you after we get done with these games. We'll see you on Tuesday with Draft Draft.